0: What's well, that, guys? It's a great day, and Tiger football is a great day of my life. I promise you that. You're listening to the Tiger Tackle Football Podcast with T-Bob and Carter the Power.
1: <laughs> yes, it's time for another edition of the Tiger Pack Football Podcast. It's T-Bob 53, I'm Carter the Power. And uh, T-Bob, I, I want to mention this, you know, with all this uh, Canada stuff going on right now. Yep, Like, yep. when have Baton Rougeans ever cared so much about our friends up north?
0: Never, never before. Uh, we are in unprecedented times. Uh, I believe it's the first Canadian coach ever at LSU. Um, I've been doing some Canadian research to try to uh, get ready for our friend and make him feel at home. And uh, did you know, Carter, that the coldest day in Canadian history was back in 1947 when it was recorded, I believe, at negative 87 degrees.
1: Wait, he actually is Canadian? I guess I'm missing out on this.
0: Uh, no, he's definitely not. Oh, okay, this is all just
1: a joke. I, I'm terrible. Yeah, this is a, <laughs> this, this is a comic not understanding. And I had a lot of oh, yes. I had a lot of Steve Nash and Mike Myers jokes. I just ruined them okay. all. I I really Excellent. did. Excellent. Yeah.
0: Excellent. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. I guess
1: I was a little too dry. No, 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 no. You're just, you're just a little. Uh you're just a little too much for for that for that to happen just then is like crazy i, I and I know you so well. I get your hashtag yeah. sorry like I don't even know if I want yeah. to do this anymore I, I, don't, Look, I don't
0: we can all <laughs> fall into the trap sarcasm is sarcasm for a reason right I mean we we, we we can all fall into the trap of actually believing something. I am notoriously guilty. For getting convinced of ridiculous things, if they're delivered in a uh, in a convincing manner, and then you hear the the old what is it? Um, there's nothing worse, kind of like you said. Like, oh, is it is it really? <laughs> figure out. No, nah,
1: Matt Canada. He is a proud. He's actually. I, I'm Matt. Pa- Matt Canada is from Palestine.
0: That's okay. That's unexpected. Yes, uh, as well. So I, I would have thought. Like somewhere maybe Midwest America, so um, yeah. Now look, he's he's like an onion. The the more you read about this guy, the more you research, the more he reveals himself. Layers, my friend. As in, Matt Canada is a man of layers.
1: Yeah, as in New Palestine, Indiana. Look at that.
0: Oh, look okay. at that. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this this I is... thought you pulled Palestine out of your ass. Well, no. Fine. Now it's my turn <laughs> to play the fool. Excellent.
1: Um, hey, I, will, I will say this, though. I am really excited they hired this guy. And yeah. and in and, and so many different ways, you know, and we, we could buy into the narrative. I, I totally am that this guy is every bit as good as Lane Kiffin because, you know, he is. You know, you, you look at his track record and for you to coach at LSU, you have to be multiple because LSU's always going to have great running backs. They're always going to have a variety of all fits alignment linemen that do different things well. You know, you needed a guy that could do both. And, you know, you look at his track record. He's a
0: guy that can do both, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yes, we, that's great, great. Uh, he, he is that guy, though. And you, you look at what all he's done, everywhere he's gone, he's been a success. And I understand, you know, a lot of his success was at in Illinois. But I... I I just like seeing what he's done at three different programs, uh, whether that be NC State, wrongfully getting fired there, and what he did at Wisconsin, and then, of course, this year at Pitt. Uh, T-Bob, I'm all on board.
0: Yeah, man. Um, Look, I I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that there's some very interesting similarities between – between Dave Aranda and Matt Canada, and not just physically, you know, that they're both bald, but you both have guys that are, like, true football nerds. Uh, I think it's pretty rare where you, Well, I don't know if it's rare, actually. I don't know if it's rare. But you have two candidates... Or not two candidates. You have two coordinators that really didn't play college football. They both suffered career-ending injuries and just ended up getting into the coaching side immediately from the ground up. So these guys... Even during the formative years of their life, they were never playing football. They were coaching football. And so they've been raised in these kind of coaching incubators, and they're football nerds, and they're very smart. And they both run systems, Carter, that I would say kind of embrace the simple complexity paradox. Now, that is just a really high, like, salutin way of saying that – they try to make their schemes simple for their players to understand, but tough for the opponents to decipher, right? And that is the goal of any coach, really. The, 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 the great ones, they're the ones who actually know how to do that. And I don't necessarily understand how that's done. Uh, but when you hear Matt Canada talk about his offense, it's, it's kind of like Tate Randall. Canada talks about how he doesn't run many plays, But he runs him out of a ton of different looks, and it's an offense based on deception. And so, managing to strike that balance where your players know exactly what they want them to do, but there's still enough going on to confuse the defense, that's incredibly tough to do. And he's been able to do that. And you mentioned his versatility, Carter, and that's the exciting part. In 2011, uh, Northern Illinois won the MAC 40 points per game. Um, Back in 07 at Indiana, uh, he posted the school record, 412 points. This is actually when he was a pass-heavy offense. Um, Then you mentioned uh, NC State. His quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, threw 43 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. Nathan Peterman for Pitt this year led the ACC in QB rating, 26 TDs, two six interceptions. He's run... Offenses with running quarterbacks, he's run offenses with throwing quarterbacks. The constant, the only real constant in his offenses, Carter has been success and that ability to adapt to personnel, to be that malleable. That's what I love in a coach, and that's what I look for in those top tier coaches.
1: And you know, he recognizes his talent where where it is. You know, he had a Doak Walker Award winner, Monte Ball. I don't remember yeah, Monte Ball. Right. I mean, the dude was a monster. 18- Brett Bieleman's
0: final year, Wisconsin.
1: Yes, eighteen thirty and 22 touchdowns. Insane. You know the one thing uh, I like about him, and it, it's this is going to sound cheesy, I get it, but the guy was just fired from NC State. Now just think about that. Middle of the road ACC school, he gets yeah. fired there, then he goes to Pitt, dominates, and even while he was at NC State, he was great. So that's just a good message out well, there. Well,
0: they got fired on a season where they scored the third most points in school history.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I'm using this as a compliment in saying that.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. You,
1: <laughs> you never, ever, ever give up. And I know that's all Jim Valvano. I get that. But, I mean, a, a grinder like that, a, a person that honestly deserves to get a job such as this one. I just love it. and I know. Oh, this I
0: see what you're saying. You're saying, like, good on Mad Canada for dealing with a really bad hand he was dealt, and here he is on top of the world now a couple of years later.
1: Because, you know, when I was, like, going radio, I, I, I sulked, and it took me a while to recover, and it, it took me yeah. about a, a, a few months, and this is a guy that was actually really, really, really good. I, I sucked at radio at the time. Uh, he was really... <laughs> And guess what? I still do. Um, but I he,
0: sucked at football when I got fired from it, so I know the feeling.
1: Yeah, and he was actually good. Like, yeah. and and you know, you know, all these thoughts that fly through your head whenever, like, like for me. I I don't have a name. I, I'm, everything there is about me stems from my media career. It, it's kind of like the same thing that like you mentioned. You know, he does not really have a playing background. He didn't really have a big name. No. And and now this is where he is. That that means a lot to someone like me, and the fact that uh, that that Aranda is is the same way. And something else that I like, you, Bob, is That's that. That's well said, man. Yeah, you know what I want to do. All right. So when Canada got let go. Aranda didn't really know him uh, they had faced once um, and uh, and Aranda almost beat him Wisconsin almost got beat by Utah State and it yeah. was a 37yard field goal that was missed that uh, that almost gave uh, Aranda the big upset over Canada so whenever uh, whatever Canada left Aranda moved into that old house that he did live in yeah so for all he you he snatched up his old house yes yeah, so for all you coordinators, you need to go to that house and make love with your wife
0: <laughs> or
1: husband in that house, and you will eventually oh, get a millionaire that's coordinator that's job. Yes, think who about that.
0: that. Who owns that house now? They need to start they need to start offering tours.
1: Yes. So and, hard.
0: Well, like if Canada and Miranda go on to be legends, then, yeah, that, that house will obviously have a lot of history in it.
1: Think about all That'd the million-dollar... Uh, million-dollar lovemaking that went on in that establishment, just back-to-back. Back. That, that shit, that just makes you feel warm inside.
0: It's, yeah, I mean, I, I I find myself regularly, regularly thinking about people who are wealthier than me having sex inside their house. So <laughs> that's really nothing out of the uh, ordinary for me.
1: Not at all. But,
0: but uh, um, dude, think about this. Matt Canada, when he started... This dude is making five grand per year at Butler as the offensive coordinator. Five grand per year. His wife was the breadwinner. She's bringing home the money for the fam. And uh, here he is now, going to be catching a cool mill per year. Uh, he's been nomadic lately, man. Has got to be hard on the family. I think um this is six different places in seven years. Uh, but I think for Canada. LSU represents a golden opportunity to maybe root down for two years, potentially three. Um, you know, depending on how things go, just to really make good money and then make a name for yourself, and then use this to get the head coaching job that you've always wanted.
1: And obviously, everyone was concerned about the quarterback commits. Uh, Lowell Narcisse decommitted from LSU, but. Our boy Miles Brennan decides to recommit to LSU and you know he actually just reopened his commitment but either way uh,
0: that he, classic classic recruiting yeah somebody I, who is all committed recommitted and reclosed his previously reopened recruited
1: and it's still not signed sealed and delivered God I hate recruiting so much but uh, the recruitment of the quarterback position is, is such a big story so um, some more good news there. so your boy Miles Brennan, what do you think went through his mind? Do you, do you because his dad was like telling Jock to say how much you love Mac Canada? So um, it, it is good that LSU finally, for sure, it seems. With all due respects to all humanity, that they will get a good four-star quarterback in this class.
0: Yeah, but LSU's gotten really good four-star quarterbacks before, right? I mean, at this point, it's about. Matt Canada and LSU proving that they know what to do with a four-star quarterback. So, like, I'm excited for – I'm excited for Miles Brennan because I think he's going to be very – I mean, I think he has a chance to be very good, but I guess I'm really no more excited than any other recruit that's come in here in the last few years. But then again, I don't – whatever. My personal philosophy is don't get excited about individual recruits. I think class rankings – are a legitimate kind of metric for the just kind of net talent that you're bringing in, but if you get too married to individual recruits, well, you never know. Just talent, talent valuation is a crapshoot, right? So the draft is hard. It's why recruiting is hard. So Miles Brennan, sure, I think he's going to be really good, but uh, we'll see how. Look, I'm excited to see Danny Etling under Matt Canada.
1: Yeah, it's, I still think Danny Etling could be better than what. Yeah, and he was he was pretty good this year on, on short notice. I still think he could develop into something better. Um, Absolutely. Than, than than what he is now. Um, uh, LSU, I think
0: the, my only worry with Etling is he showed a little uh, – he's just a little inaccurate. And sometimes some of those inaccuracies, like, I don't know, can you coach those out? Uh, maybe so. But look, Canada's scheme is not like insane well, – I guess it's kind of in the same vein of what Steve Ensminger did with his LSU offense. So yeah, I actually have high hopes for uh, for Danny Allen.
1: Did you see uh, all the billboards, T. Bob, for all three of the coaches? That was pretty cool from LSU. You know, they had the no. the yeah, they had the 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 gold letters, um, uh, like these big, like right the day that Matt Canada was hired. They have billboards around Baton Rouge with, like, Canada on it and Aranda and Coach O. So uh, nothing says, I love you, like a billboard. How about that?
0: Well, and, I mean, look, it's, once again, uh, we are in 2016. It's the populist approach, be it Trump, be it Brexit. Coach O is a man of the people, and therefore he does not feel the need to have all the glory to himself, and you see him kind of exalting his top lieutenants right there with him. I mean, but look, in all seriousness, it's a very smart kind of political ploy that is in keeping with the message that O's been putting out there. Uh, as far as he's a delegator, he's going to be the CEO of the program, he's going to hire an all-star staff underneath him, uh, that's what those billboards kind of reinforce to me.
1: Here's something interesting. Uh, LSU today also hired Bobby April as uh, yeah special teams analyst. Which I didn't
0: know. He's kind of a legend.
1: Yeah, uh, he's yeah. You're right. He is a big deal, and he will be with the team. They're not full timing him. This is kind of like a trial run, which is interesting. So, um, he's actually a Louisiana legend. The Saints are on his resume, so. Uh, Bobby April will coach special teams through the bowl. Now, this isn't a full-time role. Uh, They call him a special teams analyst. So, uh, Bobby April will be that guy. You know, T-Bot, here's a question. You know, a lot of people don't Uh, really...
0: That's interesting. So, I thought it was because of a technicality that it was the analyst title for bowl season. But I assumed that he was going to be the... uh, I assume that he was going to be the special teams coordinator moving forward. He's not,
1: maybe. Yeah, well, it's just not official. I would guess. You know, I I don't know if you would necessarily trial run a special teams coach and then just not hire him, uh, particularly a name like Bobby April. But um, I I guess my question, what exactly does a special teams coach do? Does he just focus in on, you know, obviously punting, kicking, field goals, and kickoff and kickoff return? Like, how does that actually work? What what all yeah. does he do?
0: I mean, pretty much what you said. Uh, I guess a lot of it would be scheme on those plays as far as, like, uh, what on formation are you running? What are you doing when you see different looks? What are your trick plays? What are you kind of like? What Do you have a direction that you like more than others? I mean, just... So I guess special teams maybe get the bad rap for not having variation to its plays, but uh, there is some there, and there's different strategies within punting. You think about something like the shield versus, I mean, within special teams. Now, to be true, to be honest, Carter, I don't, I, I, I too really have never fully understood the depth of what makes a great special teams coach, great, right. and maybe that comes from not being a specialist. Uh, because like I don't get it like right like I don't think these guys are like kicking experts. I don't think that they're necessarily like telling them how to kick the ball better, but maybe they are. Uh, I've just always you know I, I, I've always thought of it a lot of there's a ton of responsibility there in that you don't have a dedicated group. You have an entire roster that you're kind of managing and you have to make sure that all these, Kind of, it's a ragtag bunch on special teams. Guys from all different phases of the game, they have to come together. They have to work together well. They have to all understand their responsibilities, and you cannot have any mistakes on those plays. And so I think the special teams coordinator's job mainly is to just make that happen. And some coaches, just like offensive and defensive coordinators, are better at delivering that message than our others.
1: Uh, Darius Geis was named uh, running back of the year in the SEC. Um, that was interesting. He's made some first-team All-SECs and all that. So, um, so yeah, that, that's that, did
0: he make first team and for that? Make second? Did yes. that happen?
1: Yeah, that happened. And it's okay, I it, it's it's interesting. Uh, the club slips my mind, but one call him the running back of the year in the conference. So I I just found it so fascinating that guys uh, on shortened uh, on a shortened role per se still put up numbers to. In, in a way, you know, you could make a case for Wally Williams. You can make a case for a few guys, uh, um, the kid from Kentucky. But it's still crazy. It just speaks to Darius Geis' ability. And we kind of take it for granted because, you know, we're very familiar with them. And this is his second year being an impact player. But to win these awards on limited carries is, is quite astonishing. It's pretty shocking. It's a lot harder than, than people really give it credit for.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's. It's insane. What Did he end up setting the yards for carry record?
1: I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. I'm an idiot. I'm
0: about to see exactly what he has. I think it was maybe Jeremy Hall. Look, I don't know. Whatever. Darius Skyes's numbers uh, speak for themselves at this point. And I think it's a testament to those numbers and to Darius Geis Carter that people are not really stressing losing Leonard Fournette at all, uh, which is which is absolutely insane. Uh but, like, I, I get why, because I I don't even know how you put an expectation level on Darius Geis next year, especially when you look at an offensive coordinator who had Monty Ball uh, at a time. So, Darius Geis this year, 157 carries, 1,249 yards, 14 touchdowns. That is eight yards per carry. That's insane. Uh,
1: are you going to the bowl game?
0: um No. No, no, no. Are you going to the bowl game?
1: Yeah, I'm pumped up. Nice. I book book nice. flights and all that. It uh,
0: is arguably the best bowl matchup uh, outside of New Year's Six. Even better, New Year's something. A lot of the New Year's Six, maybe. You know, like every. Where, where, where do you think you rank
1: it? You know, every list has this as their favorite bowl game. Like, like I, I it's been a good like outside of course you know the college football playoff is just well a, it
0: is I mean it is Lamar Jackson against a really good defense and, which I guess I don't know maybe people don't want to see that and, have, and it's Coach O which makes sense it's like his big coming out as the uh, official head coach of LSU so there's a lot of, there's a lot of storyline loving this what's insane Carter is that it's at 10 a.m. on New Year's Eve and people hate watching football on New Year's Eve
1: I do too uh, that, that, Even
0: though the 10 a.m. maybe works in their favor in that regard, I guess. Now yeah. that I'm
1: talking about it out loud. Yeah, you don't want it to be later in the day. Uh, no. But, uh, but, yeah, 10 a.m. kick uh, huh. for for most of our, I guess you could say, Arkansas, Louisiana listeners. Uh, because we are the fifth best Arkansas, Louisiana, LSU-based podcast in the country. Yep. Uh, yep. You know...
0: I, <laughs> Push it knocking on the door to number four. Yeah. So uh, leave those reviews.
1: You know. You know, I... I I look at Lamar Jackson, I look at Louisville, you know, they just didn't play well these last two games. And Lamar Jackson's mentioned in pretty much every interview he's he's had, and he's an incredible interview, um, like how much that really bothered him, how poorly he himself played, which, you know, wasn't that bad. It was his team. Um, so, yeah, I, I find it fascinating Will we see the Louisville that we saw, what they did against Syracuse, and what we saw what they did, before they lost to Clemson in that second half, which was just one of the best offenses I've ever seen. Um, it, it, it all depends on what kind of Louisville you get, because overall, when it was all said and done, the LSU defense was more consistent than Louisville's offense.
0: I don't really know. I don't know, because I didn't watch all Louisville, right? I mean, I saw some of the big games, and I see Lamar Jackson, who's been absolutely incredible, but then I also see an LSU team that proved pretty adept at stopping uh spread attacks this season. Like, I think Lamar Jackson's going to get his, uh, but I still feel, even though feel free to disagree because LSU's record does not reflect this, Carter, but I still feel that um, LSU has a significant talent advantage over Louisville, especially in the trenches. And as good as Lamar Jackson is, he's facing a defense, like I said, that is especially suited at stopping spread quarterback, so he'll get his, but I don't think he absolutely goes off. I think it's close to a point. I do think kind of Louisville wears down in the end, though, and uh, LSU ends up beating him. I don't know, maybe, maybe Louisville scores like 28, 27, somewhere around there. Yeah,
1: what I, yeah. What are you thinking? Yeah, I, I see the same thing. I, I love LSU's defense in this one. Um, Yeah, me too. A lot of these spread. I mean, and we've seen this historically, even in the Chavis eras. uh, The LSU edge players are fast enough to keep up with Lamar Jackson. Uh, They just are, and uh, Jackson didn't face, hasn't faced the speed of this this defensive line all year. (laughs) And you know he he struggled some uh, playing some elite defensive lines. He didn't play his best game against obviously Houston when Ed Oliver was in the backfield all game, and he struggled against Clemson when the pass protection wasn't holding up. So um, you know if you, if you get a big game or even a decent game for Martin Key and uh, those guys up front, you you should be good to go. But um, but yeah, I'm and don't
0: dude, don't forget don't forget either, or don't discount the. Uh... The motivation that comes from playing a Heisman winner, right? I mean, this defense is catching this guy right after he's been declared the best player in all of college football. A lot of these guys want to go to the NFL. They want to go to the next level. They're about to do that. Not only is this kind of their goodbye kind of parting shot, their last chance to put on some good film, but now they've been given the opportunity to shut down a Heisman winner. Like yeah, I think Jamal Adams, Trey White. Like I think these guys, Arden King trying to make himself name for himself going in next year. That Heisman has put a target firmly on uh, Lamar Jackson's back.
1: And if I if I butcher this statistic, please forgive me. But I believe I read from SEC Network of uh, the past fifteen Heisman Trophy winners um, that have played an SEC school in the bowl game, only four of them have actually won that bowl game. That is absolutely that is insane. So when you think about it, it's like wow, yeah, it's true. Uh, Jason White of Oklahoma, then Troy Smith yeah. lost to Florida, then Sam Bradford lost to Florida. I mean, I mean, it's pretty crazy. So uh, so LSU does match up well against Lamar Jackson. You, you normally favor uh, the the better offense against great defense, but in this case, LSU should be uh, pretty good to go. Um, you know, this is crazy. I I, I went on the best probably two Oh, real quick,
0: sorry, real quick, real quick. Last thing on Lamar Jackson, he scored 51 touchdowns this year. LSU as a team has scored 41. So, wow. I just thought, it was, thought that was a fun fact.
1: Yeah, sorry. and, you know, the LSU offense should be fine against Louisville as well. Uh, this is a Louisville defense. I think they have a big day. Yeah, the Louisville defense crumbled. I mean, crumbled against Kentucky. Now, as always, you know, the last time a bowl game was played against Penn State in this stadium, oh my God, T-Bob. So it's just, it was the sloppiest... It was a bad day. But, but how bad exactly was that field? I mean, good God almighty.
0: It was pretty unbelievable. I mean, it was definitely the worst field I've ever played on, but you still shouldn't have lost to dirty old Penn State.
1: Ah. <sighs> So sloppy. Like I, I, I y'all. Were play- it was a mud pit. It was just a I I think that
0: it played. I, it was not the deciding factor in the game, but I think in terms of who gained an advantage from the field being that in that condition, I think it was Penn State because I think it did slow down some of our uh, faster guys.
1: Uh, let's see.
0: That game makes me angry because if we'd won that. We would have had double-digit wins our last three years at school, but Penn State won.
1: Are you a uh, Star Wars fan?
0: Uh, Yes, I'm very excited for Rogue One. I'm going to see it at 9 a.m. in IMAX 3D tomorrow. Uh,
1: How do you feel? you feel nervous?
0: Uh, No, not at all. I did have a lot of nerves until I saw the reviews. Um, I honestly expected the reviews to be terrible. Uh, When you heard the stories about the reshoots, Um, some of the rewrites, like heavy rewrites to the uh, the ending Disney coming out and making statements like it wasn't Star Wars enough when the director from the beginning had said he's making a war movie. So I had this fear that it was going to be some sort of Frankenstein's monster amalgamation of like multiple different artistic viewpoints and styles and just end up as some sort of jumbled mess. But uh, it sounds like that is not the case. So, I mean, some of the stuff I've read, knowing that I'm kind of a fanboy anyway and I'm predisposed to liking it, I'm very excited.
1: You know, one of our listeners um, wanted me to tell this story. You know, it's crazy because uh, there's always much T-Bob made of the lifestyle that LSU football players live. Um, it, it's, and, and this is just big time college football players anywhere. I mean, would you say it's pretty crazy? It is because, you know, everyone's like, oh, I bet you, uh, what's his name? Football player can walk the street and get any girl he wants. I mean, is, is it really like that?
0: That was not my experience. Uh, but then I, you know, I was with my wife pretty much the whole time. We were dating, not married at the time, but so the girl thing I didn't experience, I mean, sometimes people do nice things for you. Maybe like hook some up. I, I, okay, I will say this, though, Carter. While that was not my experience for the majority of time, people were unbelievably nice in 2011. Like, crazy. And the more ass we kicked, the nicer people got. And that was maybe the first and only time where there were girls that kind of seemed to be hollering. Like, more than just maybe somebody who you know is kind of just has that reputation like that that people were just trying to be holler maybe solely because you're on the football team and look I do know a lot of guys and friends who took advantage of that fact so I'm sure that is some people's experience uh even if it wasn't necessarily mine. but yeah winning goes hand in hand with how nice you're treated by everybody
1: wow really so like so like groupies have a like a winning morality meter if they're gonna give it up and to you and it's not even
0: just it's not even just groupies that's the thing see that's what I'm saying so the groupies and or like whatever you want to call them cleat chasers my mom who married a quarterback you can tell she maybe had some experiences she had a she called them jock sniffers uh, <laughs> but they're always going to be there right like yeah. that person knows and it's no shame man I kind of hate that those are negative terms like you do you you go girl if that's what you're into own it or guy whatever like do it do your thing. But um they're always gonna be there. What I'm talking about is when we started to win, it was people who aren't normally like that. I don't just mean girls. I'm talking about like when you go out to eat, like, yeah, like they somebody might have randomly like pay for your meal or, or stuff like that. Like those are the type of stories that started happening when we were really dominating.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, this was this was great. Um I I won't say the actual players or anything, but um, but one one of my friends, he he said the, the best LSU football player he ever met was when he realized who he was while they were running a train on, on a girl. And I was like, oh God, God that is an interesting oh my God. He he and he said good game and everything dapped him up and it was oh. It was, it was, oh a,
0: man, I have hypothesis. hypotheses. How do you say the multi? the plural hypothesis?
1: Uh, uh, hypothesis? Hypotheses, hypotheses, I guess. Hypotheses, or, or you have a hypothetical over who might that player be. Um, but no, he, he told me that, and he, this player actually was one of my favorite Sorry. players to interview. And then after that happened, I could not interview him the same you way. Can't, yeah,
0: you kind of look at it the same I, way. Like,
1: I, I always wanted to kind of ask him about that, if that was actually...
0: you, like, wink at him and be like, choo-choo.
1: Right? Yeah, or or just, I just wanted to directly ask him. I was like, is that how you truly met my friend? Did you really meet him while y'all just happened to show up at the same orgy session? I don't know. I, if I ever see that player down the road, I will ask him. After, I mean, I'm not going to bust him out or anything. But um, but that's that's impressive. I, I am I am thoroughly impressed by somebody that yeah. did, that 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 met one of my favorite. He is one of my all-time favorite LSU football players to watch because he played the game at a different intensity level than.
0: I have no idea who you're talking about now. I, I'm very intrigued.
1: <laughs> I I will. If this player one day agrees to come on and tell this story, I will love him forever. But you know that's just like one of the many that that I've heard because you know I I lived over at a, a WCA and uh, for a year and that that's where you know we've referenced that before West Campus Apartments on um, LSU's campus where I've seen shout out yeah dude dude those years were great and you know I I I will share more stories um, from WCA some that involve LSU players and. Others that don't. Um, I saw some of the craziest things, and it's stuff that I I personally haven't even told you, Um, but we will reveal those on later podcasts down the road. Um,
0: See, I've always wondered, though. I mean, because the same way people wonder about my experience, like I wonder about what, like a true Greek experience was like. I wonder what a non-Greek experience was like. I mean, that fascinates me almost even more uh, at times because there are so many I think I can kind of imagine with the Greek students whatever man it's college is a wonderful time of doing insane things and thinking that your life is hard and you're busy and then slowly realizing that that's the least busy and least time life will
1: ever Yeah, be. it really is. I, <laughs> I it really, really, really is. I miss it. I miss going to Fred's and just going absolutely insane and sucking face of other women and all that. I, it was just.
0: See, I'm actually. I'm. I, I. The things that I miss most about college, honestly, are just ridiculously long gaming binges with the boys yeah four tvs same house just i mean i'll never forget week of the west virginia game gears came out uh gears three came out on a tuesday or uh, i guess monday at midnight we went and got it and we had four tvs rolling. we played till like 6 7 a.m and then we tried to go to practice on Tuesday. We, I, I think, I maybe had the worst like practice of my entire life,
1: uh,
0: <laughs> but it was worth it because Gears Three was the best Gears that has ever been made. I think it was the full realization of what Gears One kind of set out to be, and uh, it was well worth it. You know. And then we kicked West Virginia's ass on Thursday. So, whatever.
1: I will. I would like to thank you, T. Bob. You know, everyone uh, talked about your New York story. Everyone, like, my phone blew up. Like. Five different oh, people about the Dutch is so great. It's such a great story, but i, I want to give you and if you want to listen to it, you can listen to all these other pods. Uh, I want to give you credit because you did give me great advice last week on these Christmas parties that I went to, and the thing was was uh, you know where I am in South Arkansas, like everyone knows who I am, like whenever i whenever I go out, I'm the radio guy, whatever. But what was great about this weekend was like I was low on the totem pole. Like no one knew who I was, and I could. You told me just it was so. It was it was cliche, but you're right. Like no one's gonna know who you are. That's exactly what happened, and I got obliterated, hammered at both parties, and apparently <laughs> everyone fell in love with me. Like uh,
0: she was like, yes, "Dude, was like, no pressure. Just charm the room. Just be yourself."
1: Yeah, and you know what was interesting? All right, there is this thing called royal flush shots, which is like crown royal cranberry juice sprite with some with like a peach shot in there and i took like 10 of them and it was it, it got bad it, like the my, my my date had to take care of me on the way back and um it, it got really really bad but um but yeah i appreciate it Cheer.
0: yeah i can't yeah look i can't judge or right. I anything mean, like you said i'm right on the heels of Physically falling over, which is as low as you get as an adult. So.
1: Physically, wait. Had to you, take
0: it a little easy, but I did have a fun weekend. Car, I went to the Renaissance Festival in Hammond, and it was excellent.
1: Wait, what is what is that?
0: It is a wonderful celebration of a kind of romantic version of what life would have been like in the 1600s, where you hang out for a day and. Play all kinds of fun games, like throwing axes, knives, shooting crossbows, watch jousts, jugglers. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's was kind of fun. It's, you ever been to a renaissance festival?
1: No, not at all.
0: It's a very immersive experience. That was my favorite part. It's in Hammond. It's in the woods. It's around the lake. And they have big buildings and merchant stands and built up inside of this forest. You can't really see it from the road, and all of a sudden you're like, what the hell? I mean, Albright is here. <laughs> and the best part is, when you're in there, you can't really see the outside world. So it is immersive. And I like to rent a costume every year from the flying cloud eventually. I'll buy my own. But uh, yeah, so costumed up, Renaissance stuff, it was it was great. But unfortunately, it's done until next year.
1: Yeah, uh... so it comes,
0: about well, once a year. It's like a haunted like house.
1: Side note, uh, I kind of geeked out. Dave Chappelle's coming to New Orleans with Chris Tucker. That's crazy. it will be at the Sanger Theater. I-, I can't believe I'm giving them a free plug if they need it. But uh, mid-February, how about it? Uh, right, that- yeah, man. dude, that's so insane. Dave Chappelle, like, top five comic ever, I, I would say. Yeah. I know it's controversial. And- that's controversial. But in I've asked comics that are way better than, than I'll ever be. And I guarantee you, eight out of every ten comics I've ever asked, hey, who's a comic you respect? They all say Dave Chappelle. They all do. So uh, I put in for—I'm uh, going to try and get some tickets. they probably already sold out. But, uh, God, that's crazy. That is so stinking crazy.
0: <laughs> I, hope you, uh, I hope that you get tickets, man.
1: And uh, as we speak, uh, the girl I went out with last week— her and her friend, they, they just sent me a selfie. One of them's holding a full bottle of Jameson and the other a full bottle of Jack Daniels. So that's my right? life. Yeah, right there. Which, uh, okay.
0: Okay. Uh, little Philly's little got your heart all fluttered. Right,
1: right. Which, okay. If you were to guess, um, wait, which whiskey of those two do you like better?
0: I mean, I would prefer not to really just drink either straight, but uh, I would take a shot of Jameson over Jack Look Daniels. at
1: you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for being for being the righteous man that you are. So well there you go. Thank you uh as always for uh for being there for me, man. You mean you this holiday season I want you to know that you mean so much to me. T-Bob, Frederick A. Bear Nottingham of of whatever, the sixth of Nottingham. I love you.
0: And Carter, this holiday season I would like you to know as you do that the feeling is completely mutual. And this will not be our last cast before uh The game or anything. We'll do a pregame cast. I mean, we're basically
1: just doing this weekly at this point. There we go. Well, as always, check him out at bomb 53 on Twitter. I love him on WWL double coverage and all that good stuff. Carter Bryant Show. Tune into that. Uh, CarterThePower.com for upcoming comedy dates. Uh, I'll be in Little Rock a few times in the next week. And right now, I'm currently. Well, actually, I say currently. I haven't done it yet. I'm gonna try and set up a date in Orlando. While I'm there for you, LSU fans to come come check out and on Friday which is actually tomorrow I'll be at Conway at Bear's Den doing a Bear's Den how about that uh, doing a show there with uh, AJ Marlon. is that a gay dude I I don't know anything about it I, I have uh, <laughs> I, 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 I just know oh, that they... there's
0: about to be a bunch of big hairy gay men in there dude. that's yeah. gonna be great hey you'll kill it dude.
1: as always well t Bama, I just wanna let you know I love your face
0: all right, Carter. I love your shit. Later, time. Thanks for listening to the Tiger Tackle Football Podcast. Connect with us on Twitter at tbob53 and Carter the Power.